Today on Knit a Spell, we welcome the creator of the absolutely enchanting Northern Animal Tarot deck, Linda Ritter, to the show! Light from Lantern presents Knit a Spell. I'm magical maker, Katie Rempe. And I'm the maker of magic, James Devine. Join us as we stitch together the symbiotic relationship between crafting and the craft. If you are not watching this episode on our YouTube or on Instagram, this is an episode to watch the video because you're going to see some amazing images of these gorgeous, cute, adorable Oracle cards and tarot cards. So tune in. Yes, you could totally listen. We'll describe them as best we can, but there's nothing like seeing them. So let's start with a talk about your art style and background on that. Yeah, let's chat about art. I grew up without a TV, so I was very much wanted, like obviously students. So I would read lots of books, but with pictures, because I wanted mm-hmm. to see. And when you're a child, they always add the little details at the bottom. And like, um, I remember lots of books that would have like the story, but then a border and the mice and everything would kind of be moving in their own story on top of the story so you could kind of go over and over um so I fell in love with like layers of story and then I would draw my own because no tv (laughs) I would draw my own stories like after I read it too many times and then kind of draw like little mice doing their own thing and I don't know like continuations or whatever yeah and then later I just really liked ink because I would just draw and Everyone has a pen, but maybe not everybody has everything else. So it was more like ink drawings. And then later in life, I learned about silk screening. So I moved very much into silk screening through high school. And then after high school, I became a print artist. So I would do my animal designs on t-shirts and do do like fairs and like markets (laughs) and do like silk screening, um, which is sort of the same. It has that like line work. I was doing the printing. It was less like you know, those traveling shirts, but more like blocky and strong mm-hmm. um, feeling. And then I was a hairdresser. I am a hairdresser, was, am sort of still. And so that's creative, lots of like textile. You can see how the hair moves. I like like how that when you change someone's hair, you essentially could change their character. And I thought that was super fun, like being able to like see the difference that like different colors or different layers or like different things could change things. I just love art and like I've always been painting and drawing but mostly line work and then the creative stuff. So no like university just on my own stuff I guess. We have something in common. I was also raised without a television and I found that um, (laughs) I doodled in every margin Mm -hmm. and always had a creative outlet of drawing Mm -hmm. everywhere Mm -hmm. and I read a lot. I think it was a good thing in a way because I was always Mm -hmm. reading um and doodling like crazy so I wonder about that that correlation with our creativity is expressed in different ways without having Mm -hmm. the the dum-dum machine you know just pumping images into our brain my mom Mm -hmm. always said it'll turn your brain to mush yeah (laughs) basically yeah everyone's parents like it's trash but yeah I think it's that feeling of a narrative. So people just think you're drawing, but if you don't have TV, you're like thinking while you draw, you're projecting a movie, but in your brain, but like onto the page, right? Like it's not just a doodle, it's like this unraveling. So 
Right. I do think not having TV, like TV, TV, like I had a TV that I could watch like the few VHSs we owned, but like not like TV that you could keep going, you know? The constant so. loop of the content feeding machine. Yeah. So mm-hmm. then you don't have time to unravel those yeah, stories through doodles, through like any, yeah. Thanks, mom. Yeah. <laughs> Worked out. Do you, do you find, do you find like me, you have a cultural hole when it comes to hanging out with your peers? They tell you, they're like, oh, remember that show from when we were kids? And you're like, nope. Do you have that no, too? I have I, that. I have that with like TV, music, like so many things. Like I went to, my mom tried to put me in as earthy schools as possible and like very strange schools. And then I finally was like, I'm going to public like high school. What a shock. I was like, mm-hmm. what are you listening to? I was like, I grew up on classical music. I was like, oh my God. It's like so out of the so loop. So loud, yes. <laughs> I was like, what are they saying? Like, I didn't know the abbreviations. I didn't know anything. I felt total in it. Like, but they say new kids on, like, and that was when I was a bit younger. Kids would talk about new, new kids on the block. I was like, who's the new kid on the block? Like, I didn't know it was like, Music. I won't anyone like, tell so me who confused. it is. Yeah. Who are they? <laughs> Why can't we meet them? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Very confusing. Lack of exposure for sure. But in an end, it worked out. Did magic then come into your life earlier, perhaps? Or have you always maybe had a magical outlook because of that? I definitely think like um, like the few movies I was able to allowed to watch too my mom was very curated she didn't want me to watch anything like too much so I watched like secret garden so there's this Mm. very like unraveling of like uh the little princess like little like stories like in everyday playing so that like playing during while you're just like living and then I watched (laughs) the dark crystal which was I was like terrified of but I would re-watch it over like because you only have a few movies you rewatch them because I was like what is happening like I was trying to unravel the idea of dark and light at like the age of six or like (laughs) get that concept you know right they're like reading the moons and the stars and they're drawing in the sand and you're like I loved magic early and my mom promoted it so like fairies dragons like everything all over so you weren't um restricted from television for religious purposes no I think she was just like afraid in this amazing environment without exposure to sort of with limited exposure to the modern world through television Mm -hmm. or the, the hyped up uh, world of modern television, you were allowed to have magical thinking grow in this Mm -hmm. place. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's amazing. And lots of boredom. Yeah. And boredom, (laughs) which is, which is magical thinking, right? It's the place where that can take root. So how were you introduced to the tarot? I think they still have them, but in the grocery store that we go to every week, they'd have like a bookstore, like corner. It was actually quite Mm. big because back in the day, I think people had a lot more reading and stuff. And this bottom shelf at the bottom corner, there was like rare books, like uh, like art books or um, witch books. I remember buying like my first like witch, (laughs) witch book about like, I don't know, I didn't have a cauldron or anything, but I liked had like torn edges and it was very textural and I was like super into it I didn't need love spells but I liked the feel and the glitter and the paper so then I said I don't know like playing with magic and then one day they had dragon tarot by U.S. Games there the dragon tarot yeah so my mom was like well that's not scary it has like no naked people in it but sure 
go home. And I was like, because it's like a book, but you can reshuffle the pages. And then you have the larger, in that one, the larger arcana are quite nice. Then you have these different characters, sort of from movies that you can like move around to interact with each other in like different card scenarios. So I was beyond fascinated. My mom actually ended up chucking the deck out because I was like so obsessed. She was like, you can't have this anymore because I could stare at cards forever. Cause in that deck, it's quite small. Like it's mm. the art's quite small and you can kind of see that they're in a garden. There's a maze and then there's hills and then there's fog. Like, I love that. She was like, I don't know what's happening here. Mm. So she actually threw it away. Um, which was sad. And then I conned her into buying me the Alice in Wonderland one. So I had that one. And then once I got older, I rebought the dragon one. That was at the age where you weren't allowed to play anymore, but I still mm. liked the idea of storytelling through my toys. And then it was a great, like, not, it's not a toy, but I can still have that storytelling experience. I never thought about them being, I mean, I guess, of course, they're telling the story, they're different characters, but like, I never thought about it exactly that way, that it's like a story that you can kind of reshuffle. And it's funny because mm -hmm. we just interviewed the illustrator of the yarn tarot, Katie Ponder, and she said almost the same thing. She's like, it's like a gallery of art that you can take with you and reflect on any time. You know, my friend, Madame Pamita, who we are interviewing in a few mm. weeks, her first deck of tarot cards when she was just a young girl that her mom bought for her, she used like paper dolls as a child mm -hmm. and would play with them like paper dolls and give them a narrative. So it's very similar. Although you were 14, mm -hmm. um, she was younger, but it's the same mm -hmm. idea of using the tarot as at first, like a toy and like a storytelling device. I think that's amazing. Mm -hmm. You're not alone in that. Yeah, yeah I so, did have paper dolls. So maybe that's why I resonated with tarot earlier. Hmm. How did this project then become in your purview? You're like, oh, I like tarot. I'm going to make my own deck. Yeah, I definitely went more into silk screening and design, but never forgot about like fairy tale stories. I still loved movies that were more like fantasy based. But then I was at a cafe and this girl came in with her tarot deck and started <laughs> pulling cards. And I was like, whoa, it's like the addiction <laughs> came back. And I was like, tarot, like what? You know, because I was like, I wasn't allowed to use them. <laughs> it was like no go. And I like... It's like, hey, what are you doing? And so she had the Rider Waite Smith. So she showed them to me and like was kind of like she had taken, she's now my friend. <laughs> we are now friends. <laughs> um, and she had taken like a two-year tarot course and knew them all. And I was like, so cool. And I ran home, but I only had the Alice in Wonderland deck, which is pretty close to the Rider Waite, but I felt like I wanted her deck. So I went and got the Rider Waite Smith deck and then um started like pulling cards and trying to like learn because before obviously I was just liked the images and like what the little things on the cards were like the story and symbolism but I didn't know that there was actually like like a thing to it so mm. it was fun to dive in like I love her and I love that art but I just felt like I would get stuck on the human when I would look at them I was like mm. when when I spread them out I just saw humans which is what you see <laughs> <laughs> what I wanted to see was like a fairy tale where I could see that they enter a scene, something happens, and then it kind of will take you to a finale card or like what you've pulled. And I wasn't getting that from the humans. I would get too distracted that it's a male or it's a female or she's got, you know, whatever. I wanted it to feel like a story still. 
wanted the secret of Nim, but me to be in it. Yes. (laughs) I wanted to be the main character. (laughs) Like, be like, Um, and I felt like that was easier for me to slip into as like stories and creatures and that kind of thing. It felt too like human problems. And I wanted more of like narrative story. Like how do I overcome something rather than like, will this person and this person get together and I had more journey questions I suppose but yeah I love I didn't that connect I always wondered about this some people have talked to me about I don't like cards with people in them and I thought why but now I I have a better understanding from you saying that that you can be the the central being in the story if you're looking at the card and now you have this animal guiding you or you were then the protagonist and it's instead reflective of of what's going on that just is hitting me right now for the first time and that totally makes sense we've seen a lot of non-human decks but you chose animals mm-hmm. was there a reason why i was obsessed with fairy tales folklore even like when you think of the classic tales with like the crow and the fox with the cheese they tell you a story and then they tell you what the story actually meant, like underneath it. And mm. I think that's so interesting. So I wanted to do a tarot deck that could read and resonate through stories. And most of the stories I had gotten were from North America. And those are the animals where I live. I live in Canada. So it's all, you know, those animals. And I was like, through all the things I had read and seen, I felt like I knew those animals the best. And I was mm. like, I felt like I could characterize them in positions where the tarot were in the appropriate places. Hence, like with the suits and stuff. Yeah. So talk a little bit about that. Each suit has some specific animals that kind of designate them. How did you decide which would be which? I wasn't actually sure if people noticed right away. But yeah, each suit has animals for it. So like wands is like fast, fiery energy. So I definitely put like foxes Mm -hmm. and like coyotes and things that move like quick and like have that fiery kind of energy mm-hmm. and then for say cups I put deer which everyone's like a little confused but they can pass through water without mm-hmm. drowning they can swim the deer can like moose can just walk moose are kind of like swamp donkeys out here <laughs> they like <laughs> the water um yeah and goats like everything can pass through water with, mm. they have hooves so they don't really get it in their paws and they just kind of they're taller they can move through it without being horribly damaged whereas if mm. a rabbit tried to cross the river gonna be gone <laughs> great um, and then for <laughs> pentacles we did uh, rabbits squirrels skunks that kind of stuff so mm-hmm. a lot more of like burrowing collecting like um having many like those types of animals tend to have larger litters of children so i felt like they were perfect and then swords is all i was like going to do birds and I was like crows and ravens and a few hawks and a few other little birds made it in so then I just did all the animals but then I really felt like the clothing was fun Mm -hmm. rather than just a deck with animals with hair but I don't know lots of people don't notice where is it? But my lover's card, they're not wearing clothes. So they're like the actual tarot. They're naked. I didn't you would... realize, but of course. But you wouldn't know, but they're just like with little shells and they're all nude. I think they uh, match their suits very well. So let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll look through more of the cards and do a little more grilling on you, Linda. We'll be right, right back. Exciting news, listeners. Knit a Spell is coming to Patreon this summer. Yay! 
Our fan club will help you gain access to advance notice to our monthly topics and guests. Episode outtakes. Voter power for future guests and episode topics. Private community to connect with other fans. That's my favorite exclusive giveaways and promotions and coming soon we will be adding a special segment to knit a spell which will be a q and a segment with your questions patreon members will be exclusively answered for their questions so we hope you'll join us join us and you'll be doing this all while supporting one of your favorite podcasts wrapped up in our gratitude to learn more sign up for our newsletter at knitaspell.com Have you ever wanted to be a professional palm reader or add palm reading to your existing practice? Coming this summer, I will be taking applications for my six-month online group apprenticeship program, the Divine Hand Mastership Program. I will have a limited number of individuals that will have the opportunity to study the Divine Hand Method of Palmistry with me. You can sign up to learn more about this exclusive opportunity at thedivinehand.com forward slash mastership. And we're back. So I want to know, I don't think this is watercolor. I don't think this is acrylic. What are you using? (laughs) For this deck, like I said, I was really into like line art. And like one or two colors when you're silk screening no more because it, then it starts to look like uh those shirts you get in hawaii that have like all the colors so i was used to using like two colors and like strong line art i had watercolored them like little and then i started to panic and i was like what if i do one wrong and then the color's there because this mm. watercolor you is actually one of the hardest because you lay it once it's there it's not mm. like acrylic where you can kind of keep going and completely change your situation so I actually bought an iPad after I painted a few because I was like 78 what if I get like one blue doesn't match the other blue and Mm. I got myself an iPad so I was like I'm gonna commit to this (laughs) and I was like I also have to learn something new (laughs) so I use procreate which I think like 50% of indie deck creators use this is very hands-on you draw onto the iPad it's probably the closest you can get to like a real piece of paper I just want to look like I did draw it and that I did color it in but then I can edit them which is why I've done so many edits (laughs) so then I would sketch them out because I couldn't Mm -hmm. sketch on the iPad yet because it's too new so I would sketch it pen and ink it and then I would just take a photo and then kind of redo it yep yeah so then I would just kind of work over it and kind of change it up. So what other crafting hobbies do you do that might be kind of magical other than your amazing drawings? <laughs> yeah, so I still paint and draw. I do like carving as well. So so all the, the tarot bags I carved out of lino. What? So it, yeah, so I carve them by hand out of like rubber and then I roller them and then I print them all. So I've printed all the bags by hand. So I also do a lot of like, carving for myself and I print my own clothes (laughs) and I make like I just make fun stuff all the time I think it's good as an artist to keep doing other things that are challenging so when you come back to like what you do like mostly you have a different idea or a different twist on things like because you've already solved problems in a different art field not that you're always good at it like what I, I tried clay the other day and I was like oh this is so hard it's sticking to my fingers it was mm. like all over the place but it was good it was like just good to like practice and try something mm-hmm. and then colors colors are challenging for me so I always like to paint really fast so that I can't overthink the colors mm. and because it's on a canvas it kind of 
is it a commitment? Like I'm scared while I paint. I'm like, ah, it's so colorful. And then just learning how those colors can balance as I'm painting. It's interesting. Yeah. That's what we believe Pamela Coleman Smith, the artist of the Rider Waite Smith deck, we believe that she was very fast with her art in that tarot deck. Her regular art was very meticulous. Uh, the tarot deck, the Rider Waite Smith, you can see a lot of the details are very rushed in comparison to her regular paintings. What we see, I think a lot of times in the Rider Waite Smith is that these are symbolic and channeled symbols that end up coming through and having symbolism that still reveals itself even today. So maybe that's one of the things that makes your work so powerful in some ways is that you have let these sort of come through you. Like I was doing that earlier with like telling a story through my drawings. I would just let my little mouse hut people when I was little just tell me the story and I would just draw it. However good you could draw it at the time kind of made the story. And if you made a line, then he would be going, you know, like it would kind of tell itself. I remember trying to learn the tarot with Rider Waite and I was dreaming on top of it what it would be if it could be anything like if it could be for me like I would look at it and no longer see Rider Waite I would start to see other characters like I was like what if it was a fox and he had a red cape and like I wouldn't I would like almost stop just seeing the cards I would see other things. I have to ask I have seen multiple lovers cards I have seen mm -hmm. other sort of multiple major arcana cards. This is the first time I've come across multiple Hierophant cards. What I'm holding up for people who are just listening is two Hierophant cards. They look like a mountain goat. One is in full regalia, uh, like a Pope's hat, yes. a red vestments. And the other is without the Pope's hat and mm -hmm. more like in pants. Yeah, I think like religion is interesting too, because they tell lots of stories and blah, blah, blah. So I was really lots of, some of my friends went to church. I remember going with them and it was something else, how they have layers and like all that kind of stuff. But I also realized that it's quite triggering for people, um, religion. And now there's sort of this different idea, more of spirituality, more of like that gentle leadership or someone just conveying their ideas and you're allowed to accept them or not. And then that card also mirroring a teacher so I was like let's keep the regular rider weight guy but let's bring somebody like softer or gentler that tells the same story but in a different kind of way so that you can accept or like learn in different ways he's one where I was like I love this guy so it's fun not lost to me that it's a mountain goat and it's sort of the guru on the mountain. I don't know if you've seen videos of those goats, but it is like this and they're just like, dee -dee -dee -dee, yep. like just dancing up the side and they're just up there like Zen, no problem. Like anyone else would be like, we're all going to die and nobody <laughs> can eat them up there. And then they just dance down like it's wild. Let's talk about some favorite cards. They're obviously all my favorite, but right. like the first, <laughs> the first part I did was a magician, which is the raccoon mm -hmm. because he has thumbs, right? Like raccoons can unzip things. They can open things like they have that thumb, which yep. does make them magical. He can use all the things on that table because he has thumbs. And when he came like through and was finished, I really felt like he like was setting the narrative to the story. So after mm. he was done, I felt like the rest of the deck was actually quite easy because he was like sassy enough, but not too cutesy. I just felt like he came out perfect. The one after him, the high priestess as the lynx, she was like perfect. Yes. And then beautiful. I just felt like they both balanced each other and then 
was easy peasy from then mm-hmm. on. But judgment was really hard. Yeah. And that's kind of why I went to moths because I was like, how do we make dead bodies of animals and then I was like let's change a better interpretation (laughs) yeah for sure so more like stepping into the fire and you can take that however you want it's a story that's been told like around the world and different people interpret moth to a flame differently so I felt like it was a good thinker card such a heavy card yes tell us about the devil that one wasn't hard but I did have to think about it I didn't want to do what fables did where it's like you demonize the wolf because mm-hmm. we all know now that all animals are very key to keeping like the circle of infinity going because otherwise it gets jammed up mm-hmm. so I was like I don't want to use a character where animals start to get problematic and it's a zodiac card for Capricorn I think Mm -hmm. so I was like this is like somebody's card that they have to like refer to let's keep it good um so I kind of have that idea that he's almost like a shapeshifter almost like you know when you're in the woods alone at night it almost feels like things are moving Mm -hmm. like that that is what he is he's like that shadow that fear like that could move through the woods and touch you and you're like oh my goodness and then the magic that's like trickling out of his long, scary fingers are changing the animals. So if you look at the animals, they have different like long ears or horns. And so they're just losing oh, or changing yeah. their shapes. They're getting a beak. So he's, mm. he's either casting a spell or they're, you know, they're morphing. So it's like kind of a reminder, like, what do you want to be where like, are those features yours or have you taken on something that you don't really need? Mm-hmm. Kind of reflect back and they're not chains. So you can just step out of the spell whenever yeah. you kind of want to go back to yourself. You have a strength card with a bunny with the infinity yeah. sign over their head, petting a ferocious looking wolf in place of a lion, which is marvelous. A marvelous depiction of a wolf. Um, instead mm-hmm. of this classic, you were mentioning this classic depiction of the big bad wolf here we have wolf in the place of a lion on the strength card Mm -hmm. i think that's really innovative and the rabbit which would be eaten by it and likely be (laughs) very scared of him instead is like no we cool like (laughs) do you have a bad tooth let me look all right no problem it's definitely that feeling from uh what is it the lion and the mouse where the lion is in so much until he steps onto a thorn then he has no power anymore and he needs the help of something you know Mm -hmm powerful to get it out because yeah, can't get it out last one i want to grill you about because i could go through all of them right yeah of course yeah that's right it's the hermit this is one of my favorites i love that he's a mole talk me through why you did the mole he was like one of the third or fourth ones i made too and because i love the hermit card like so much and it's like he needs to be perfect and roby and like you know it's cool out it's not a journey that you like like the fool where it's like this beautiful lit it's this this more mysterious day after something and you know that something's happened that you've cloaked yourself you're covered you're warm possibly provisions you have your magical like lamp that has a star instead of fire it's like you're on this like magical journey and then with the weather changing I really feel like that's like a transitional moment through like you know water like air like everything's changed like I wanted to give everything kind of a moment to change he turned out perfect he just showed up so that was, that was easy how do you utilize tarot in general how do you especially utilize your own deck 
I do do larger spreads, but I tend to like to do just like daily pulls, like throughout the day. Like if I'm having challenges or if something comes up, I'll just like shuffle through the cards. Or if I'm like having a coffee, I'm like, where's my energy at? Where could it be at? So I'll pull like just one to two cards throughout the day. And then I'll do larger spreads. Sometimes I like to like relay them. So if I'm doing like a larger spread, I'll just keep going. Like I'll start moving the story mm -hmm. along, I guess in more playful ways. Your book also was very nice because it has your interpretations of the card and not just three words that generally reflect what might be the card. A little book worth keeping. What I am so taken by is the 16 additional cards in that deck. So it's not just the 78 tarot cards. It's the 16 additional cards in here that I suppose you could shuffle in to the tarot or use as Oracle deck on its own, including like moon phases. There's a shooting star. There's like a Yeti, a fey creature, a ghost. Yeah. I mean, there's such universal meaning in all these symbols. Again, in your amazing style, it's almost like you get two decks in one. What inspired you to add those cards? I think I was done the tarot deck, but then I wanted more stories. Sometimes I'll be picking colors and I want more colors. I feel like sometimes there's not enough colors. I'm like, aren't there more colors? I wanted a few just like straight up spooky cards. <laughs> so I wanted the like dead old tree to kind of reflect that like stiffness in nature. I don't know if you remember Fern Gully, wasn't there mm. that like spooky thing in the tree? It was so scary. So that like stiffness, that like reaching Cranly. branches. That's yes. Yeah. Even Wizard of Oz, the trees are kind of mean at some point and throw apples at them and scratch them. And it's like bringing characters that you already know into if you want more characters like the Sasquatch, like something moving, like, you know, changing or like scaring you or like just passing by just to remind you that like, you know, mm -hmm. things are around. And the goblin is like sort of mm -hmm. a good card about like exchanging with the unknown, right? It's like the goblin over the bridge. Like, how do you pass the bridge? Like he has gold in his hands and he also has fire. Like, what are you going to offer him? What will he ask you? Is he going to trick you? It's like, can you get around him? No, there's something in the water. It's like, how do you like bypass these things? And then you can pull another tarot card for the other side. And I just wanted more story and a little bit of extra characters. Definitely just started with the season cards just to like add clear seasons as well. Cause I didn't want to take a card and make it spring. So then I was able to do this without editing too much into the classic Rider weight rhythm, make it part of your reading. It's like, when would this work for me? Mm. And you can shuffle just from the four cards. What a fun thing to do for like, oh, when should I start this next like knitting project or whatever? Like, oh, okay, mm. on the full moon or oh, not yeah. till the half, you know, maybe that would be good. Yeah. So many fun ways to use that. And so yeah. will these additional cards be in your upcoming third edition yes. release of this deck? Yes. And Ooh. I have, it's in the second, but I sort of have two new ones. So I have Ooh. Fairyland and I have the Blood Moon or the Eclipse. Like, so we have two new cards, which is exciting. Now I need the third edition. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Tell us when it's planned to launch and how people can get it and all of that good stuff. Um, it'll come at hopefully towards the end of August. So end of August, beginning of September, it should be ready. And then you can just get it on my website. So I'll just drop it on my website because I was doing Kickstarters, but they are so much work. It's insane. That's what's exciting actually about my deck. It's made in Canada and it's made of a sustainable paper, which I thought all paper was sustainable. That is not true. I didn't know you could cut down forests and not put them back. 
<laughs> I was like, what? So it's paper that was cut down and part recycled, but then they actually put the trees back. So that's nice too. And it's, yeah, it's all made locally. Awesome. <laughs> well, we have paired with Linda to offer a giveaway with her new edition of the deck. Oh, before yeah. it's even out, you guys. So we are going to host <laughs> this giveaway for our newsletter subscribers. So if you are currently a subscriber, guess what? You're already in. If you are not yet a subscriber, you can go ahead and do so now between now and August 5th for your chance to win. You can do so on knitaspell.com or go through the link in our bio or show notes or wherever you're listening, watching to click easily. That is the easiest, easiest way to enter a giveaway in the world. All you need to do is subscribe at knitaspell.com and you'll automatically be entered. We are just going to pick somebody from our newsletter. <laughs> and you too can enjoy this magical deck for yourself. I can't so, wait to find out who wins. Yeah, and we'll do uh, an announcement on our show after we do the drawing, and then, of course, on our social media on Instagram. Linda, thank uh, you so much for your generosity in providing that deck as a giveaway. I mean, it's so awesome. Yeah, yes. I'm just excited. New cards, new deck, new person. That's yeah right. new so. episodes so exciting it's fun that you're sharing so much like magic like i was listening to a few and i was like oh i never really thought about like like how you're casting spells all the time and then i was like not to sidetrack but it was like um i think then i ate shortly after that and i was like thinking and i was like maybe this is like obviously but like people pray or they stop doing whatever while they eat and it's very much like well, if you're worrying while you're eating, maybe you're eating that spell. And I was like, oh my God. So I put on mm -hmm. some nice music, sat down and like got lit. <laughs> like, and it's just funny because it reminds you that magic's everywhere. And it's like, and I love that you guys do all sorts of topics because it's hard to remember everything. And so it's fun to share. And that means, that means so much. Mm -hmm. It's really helpful to hear that. It's helpful to mm -hmm. hear that from you. It's helpful to hear that when our listeners write in, or review us and say those things. It really makes a difference. And I didn't realize that it was visual as well. So now I'm actually excited to go on and see the people that I was listening to. Yeah, that's right. You can yeah. watch every episode twice. Watch it once on YouTube, listen to it once. It's a whole different experience with uh, like the yeah. theater of the mind versus just watching us. So you want a copy of this deck and you want to follow Linda and hang out with her. So visit Wild Heart Studio dot com wildheartstudio.com and hang out with linda do you have a newsletter that people can subscribe to linda i have no. a newsletter but i've not really sent one but it will happen <laughs> when cool. i get the, the decks in what <laughs> else is coming up for you i'm doing the third edition which is super exciting with extra cards um and then i am gonna do another deck i've been working on it for a while um, but I keep editing this deck, but now that it's finished and I got the proofs and I approved them and everything's now going to start rolling. It's all drawn. It just needs to be colored. Any hint to whet our appetite? Well, obviously it's animals, but yeah. it's something that I feel hasn't really been done yet. And I don't know if anyone will like it, It's probably. <laughs> but it's I'm probably super excited. It's a little different, but it has animals and it's fun. And I think it's a little bit more delicate maybe than the tarot. It's more like an oracle for sure. And just more playful and light, but it's a bizarre concept. So I just have to like craft it and make it look good so that people get what my idea was, I suppose. 
Well, we'll have you yeah. on to explain all about yeah. it when it drops. No, how about when, that? When I figure out the colors and I feel like confident about like how the story is laid, I will definitely we can definitely back. chat about it. And as far as Instagram goes, it looks like it's uh, at Northern Animal Tarot. And you yeah. also have one for Wild Heart Studio, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's for when I like, so I have some of my like prints from like, I carved like Baba Yaga's hut and I dyed some like tote bags and printed on them. So it's like all my fun stuff and like weirder things. We'll put links to everything all about Linda on our show notes at knitaspell.com. So don't miss that. Thank you <laughs> for bringing your amazing art and your gifts and your perspective into the world. You're absolutely amazing. Thank you, Thank you for having me. And don't forget to uh, sign up for the giveaway at knitaspell.com. Just sign up for our newsletter and you'll be entered to win. Thanks again, everybody. Thank you, Linda. Thank you, Jim. And thank you to our listeners. We will see you all again next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks, for, Thanks listening. for listening. If you enjoyed the show, consider sharing it with a friend, leaving a review on iTunes and Spotify, or following Knit a Spell on Instagram. You can also subscribe to the Light from Lantern YouTube channel to enjoy full episodes of Knit a Spell and see our happy faces. You can also learn more about readings, classes, and events going on with your favorite maker of magic, James Devine, by visiting thedivinehand.com and subscribing to his newsletter. Then follow Jim's fun and interactive Instagram account at Divine Hand Jim. Keep up with Katie, the magical maker, by subscribing to her newsletter at lightfromlantern.com. You'll even receive a free knitting pattern as a thank you gift. Then follow Katie on Instagram at lightfromlantern for even more magical making tips. See you See next, next week. week.